Welcome to episode seven of Community as a Verb. It's a show that talks about the tools for social action. We talk about social media and systems, processes, and strategies, and what we're doing to create the world that we want to see. My name uh, is Connor Kaysen. I'm your co-host here at Community as a Verb. And next to me, via the powers of the internet, is my ingenious co-host, Mr. Well-Traveled. How are you doing today? I am doing well, very well. How are you? I am good. What do we got in your background there today, Mr. Well Traveled? Um, you know, this is a photo I found somewhere uh, some months ago. I don't remember exactly what it's a photo of, but I believe it is related to uh, voting. And I think this is a line of people voting maybe in the 1960s. Yeah. Yes, it seems like a problem that we still haven't, haven't cured, right? You think 60 years later, we could have figured that one out. One would think, one would think, but um, yeah, that's uh, still something that, you know, I'm working on. Uh, and actually, it, I was inspired to use this particular background because of the book that I'm reading. You know, last, last episode, I mentioned a book called Vanguard, and so I bought it and I have it. So uh, maybe uh, when we talk about, um, you know, things that we're consuming, media that we're consuming during the downtime, um, I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit more. Excellent. Well, in our last episode, our last episode was real serious, right? Talking about the election, talking about uh, race identities, and there, there was some heavier topics. We're trying to balance that out a little bit with something a little bit more free-flowing, uh, a little bit more upbeat. And so we invited our friend, Mr. DJ Prime, to the show. Mr. Prime, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing real good. How are you guys doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for being our guest here on oh, the yeah. show. Uh, where, where are you uh, zooming in from today, and, and what do you got in front of you? So I'm zooming in from my office in my, in my place. I'm, I'm living in South Seattle right now, and you can see a, you know, the whole DJ Prime, right, that whole thing. I actually have my, uh, my DJ set up as my foreground for my Zoom. Excellent. I love that you brought the turntables in there. That's yeah. way more exciting. Which was that. a recommendation from Mr. Well-Traveled. So Mr. Well-Traveled, you know, your wish is my command. Thanks. Well, uh, it looks great. Yeah, it does look, it does look really good. good. So we always start this show off with a little bit of a check-in. So let's do a little roundabout here. Uh, we today are filming on Saturday, November 28th. We just all had Thanksgiving a couple days ago. Hopefully all of us had a little bit of a break from our schedules. And so let's start with you, Mr. Well-Traveled. What's going on in your life? How you been? How was your Thanksgiving? Uh, Thanksgiving was very chill, not too eventful. Um, you know, it was raining a lot here in um, the Houston area. And uh, for, as far as food, we had some great uh, stuffed chicken with uh, stuffed with kind of like this dirty rice and crawfish from Poche's uh, in Bow Bridge, Louisiana. Had that um, flown in uh, as we are still in a pandemic. Much smaller, obviously, than uh, previous years, but it was good. One of the cool things uh, that I got to do yesterday with my mom and sister was watch this um, documentary that's new on Netflix called uh, Dance Dreams, Hot Chocolate Nutcracker. Mm. So it's about Debbie Allen's uh, dance school. And it was 
really good. It was super interesting. And so, um, you know, when we talk a little bit later about media, I'll, I, that was one of the ones I wanted to talk about because it's also connected to my giving Tuesday because it's a nonprofit. So, um, yeah, that, that's how it went. And otherwise, you know, I'm just enjoying uh, some time off from work uh, and trying to uh, focus on the many projects I've got going. Excellent. And so DJ Prime, what about you? It's your segment of the check-in. What's been going on in your life, uh, and how was your Thanksgiving? Well, you know, it's been a while since I got a, had a chance to check in with both of you. You know, you know, we obviously know each other from around the way, spe- specifically these digital streets. Um, you know, a lot for me has changed in the last uh, what is it, eight months since all this COVID pandemic stuff's been happening. I have a daughter now, right? So before it was just you know me and my wife just doing our own thing, and you know me kind of being carefree and having some fun, doing all my good stuff. But now you know we have a daughter. She's actually seven months old next Saturday. Time flies, right? So things have been really crazy for me, especially having a, a baby during a pandemic. So that's, that's a whole thing in and of itself, right? Um, but, you know, blessed to be having all the amazing things I have going on right now. And uh, also super happy to be able to spend so much time at home, right, with my family, which is also not necessarily a normal thing because I work as well. Um, but to your other question, Thanksgiving, checking in, how am I doing? Thanksgiving this year was, I mean, it, it was good, right? It was, it was the best that it can be for what we had to deal with, right? You know, specifically in Washington State, we had the uh, Governor Inslee's request, his, uh, was it a request or was it an order? I don't know. <laughs> to, to stay at home and to make sure we were staying with our households. So we kind of just did that. And I made a bunch of sides. You know, I, I made uh, macaroni and cheese, which was kind of fun. And I did cornbread, uh, cornbread stuffing. And I did some green bean casserole. And I ended up doing that on a grill this year because my oven broke uh the last minute so we did that you know we had we had a really good time it's definitely a lot different than what i'm used to uh my 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 wife's side of the family is really really big so they usually have like a 25 person get together and on my side of the family you know we usually would all get together and have our own separate thing going on too so it's it's definitely uh different my parents aren't good with technology so (laughs) we, we had a quick phone call they they weren't really up to speed with the zooming uh so, you know, we're as connected as we can be, you know, we make the, make the best out of it, right? So yeah. it was good. It was solid. I'm still eating my leftovers. Uh, leftovers are probably the best part, right? That's yeah. what we yeah. they keep going. Yeah. How was yours? My, I mean, same thing. It was just very different and very weird, right? Didn't have the same home dynamics. Mm-hmm. Anna and I, we sat on our couch all day. We really didn't do anything. I feel like this was the first day in a very long time that I wasn't doing anything at all. I had no plans, no schedule. And so it was just like a much needed middle day of the week for me. Whereas like, I'm not going to be on my phone. I'm not going to be on my computer. I'm just going to uh, spend time with Amanda and nice lazy, which was great. I ordered food from Pike places, atrium kitchen. And so they did like a single serving individual uh, Thanksgiving dinner. And so it was 25 bucks a person. You got, each person got two containers that had turkey, stuffing, mashed potatoes, green beans, um, cranberry sauce, kind of like the typical uh, Thanksgiving dinner. And then each mm. person also got two pies, got a pecan pie and a pumpkin pie. So I bought two of those, one for a man and I each. And so we had four pies and two big dinners. And uh, yeah, for me, it was great because I didn't make a mess. It was uh, relatively affordable and pretty good tasting and I didn't have to do anything. So it was like, if I'm, if I'm not going to do the normal family thing and it's just going to be us too, like, let's just make it easy. 
pop anything we need to in the microwave, eat the food. Nice, nice, nice. Um, and the movie that we watched on that day was a new movie out called His House about uh, two immigrants who immigrate, immigrate to the United States from Africa. And it's kind of uh, taken them through. The, it's, it's a horror movie and it documents their journey and moving into uh, this house and the house is kind of haunted and it reveals their entire journey as they go through. And it was excellent. Absolutely recommend uh, checking out that movie as well. And so I'm um, glad everyone was doing okay here. Yeah. And so uh, prime, you got your turntables in front of us, right? I do. So, look, Tell us a little bit more about like who you are and, and let's talk about like who you were pre pandemic and then maybe transition <laughs> to like who, who are you becoming? Uh, I mean, that's a great question. A very big question. I'll try to break it down into smaller pieces. Uh, who I am is I'm just a young man living in the city, trying to make his way, right. Trying to find success in this world. Uh, as far as DJing goes, I've been DJing uh, in Seattle uh, since like, I think for the last 14 years. Wow. Uh, do, yeah, doing a mixture of things. So doing, I was doing nightclubs on a regular basis. I'd probably DJing on the weekends, you know, maybe three or four times, uh, no, probably four to five times a month, you know, just doing DJing. Um, in my time, I've done everything from early on when I first started doing like college parties and doing different radio things to doing, I've done large scale concerts. I've done uh, large scale events. I've done private events. I've done corporate events. And, uh, you know, I really, I really found my own and, and uh, I found like a, happiness doing like club work. So I've been DJing a lot of clubs in Seattle. So a lot, a lot of the major venues in, throughout the city, but to your question, you know, how, how did I deal with that with the changing world? Right. Uh, it's been interesting. I, I, the last time that I DJ somewhere, I think was the last Saturday of February. Right. So that's the last time I DJ at a nightclub. So doing the typical showing up at nine 30, starting at 10 and then playing until two that, that whole part, which is a standard part of a DJ's a working DJ's life I haven't done that part of this whole thing in like in a while now right and it's been a really interesting transition for me specifically because you know when you when you get taken out of a system you've been participating in for like 14 years you really start to think and like deconstruct did I really enjoy every part of that uh process and I've had a lot of really good reflection time to kind of realize there's certain parts of of DJing that I enjoy there's certain parts that I don't I definitely enjoy the music part. I enjoy the song selection. I enjoy the culture and the technical elements of it. Do I enjoy uh, being out until three in the morning? You know, like leaving at nine o'clock after working a full day, being out until three and being dead tired the next day and all that stuff. Maybe not as much, right? Maybe I realized that I really can uh, start to prioritize myself and my own well-being and my mental health and uh, my, my self-care a little bit more. And that's something I think a lot of people realize, specifically during this pandemic period, you have so much time with yourself. It's like, what am I doing that I have to do? What am I doing that I want to do? And how do we start to make it, you know, how do we find a better balance of doing the things that you want to do more, the things that make you happy when you wake up in the morning? And, you know, I've had a really interesting transition of, of, of learning about myself and, and also specifically, you know, having, having a daughter, <laughs> right? That's another big prioritization shift, another really big shift in, in the way that I kind of see and think about the world. Um, it's really helped me to uh, better understand what's important and, and what isn't. I can definitely say like, you know, through myself, spe specifically through a digital lens, like looking at like my social media or Instagram, Facebook, all that different stuff. I definitely kind of prioritized kind of putting out 
an idea of, hey, I'm doing all these things. I'm, I'm keeping up with the Joneses in terms of like DJing and culture and like being places and I'm out here in these streets. And, you know, when I look back on it now and I think about where I'm at in my life, it's like, do I really care about keeping up with a bunch of things that just don't matter? And the answer is no, I honestly don't. I, I can definitely say that I'm a thousand times happier than I, than I like right now. Uh, and, and even more fulfilled in lots of different ways than I was, you know, maybe seven, eight months ago, right? Because I'm not over-investing energy in areas that don't really give me the return that I'm looking for holistically, right? Um, I'm definitely taking care, better care of myself, uh, for sure. You know, I'm a few pounds lighter than maybe the last time you saw me. I don't know. I, I don't I definitely don't drink as much. I have no real desire to, right? When you're outside of that environment, life changes, you know? Um, yeah, I'm feeling good, feeling healthy. You know, happy to be talking to you guys, happy to be talking to the, all the listeners on this podcast. But uh, to answer your question, uh, <laughs> to answer the question you asked, uh, I don't remember the question you asked. No, I think you gave us plenty there to work with. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Wait, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, yeah. There's, a, there's a lot going on, right? Yeah, there's a lot going on. But, you know, something I think that you really have hit upon is, you know, really well i think there were a couple of things that jumped out at me right so one self-care i think that's mm -hmm. that's a big thing um especially you know coming at the end of this year there's been a lot of change and human beings don't always uh, handle change very well and i think it sounds like for you anyway that you've actually used this year to really do a lot of um self-reflection and then mm -hmm. to determine in the same and at the same time what what is really important to you and what really matters mm -hmm. and to spend your time and energy on that and I think for many people this year that has been something that they've also had to think through and, and to and to try to understand mm -hmm. um, I think the other piece that jumped out at me was really um, you know how you've determine what has mattered to you and, and sort of looking at your pre-pandemic life and then comparing that to this, right? Like, so I think at the beginning for me personally, I thought this was all temporary. And in, in a certain sense it is, right? If you look at the how long a person's life can last, this, mm -hmm. this is a moment in time. But 2020 definitely seems like a year where so much has happened that will shape all of us for years to come. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think, I think a lot about how particularly um, the pandemic, but also the events of the summer with the racial reckoning really shaped my perspective about well, what, how do I want to spend my time? Um, is it just, you know, going to work? and working on you know fun things that are inter interesting mm -hmm. to me but how, you know the question is how am i helping people how am i helping to advance um you know the people advance some of the things that um you know i believe are problems right or, or solve some of the things that i believe are problems and so i think though how you spend your time matters a lot and then also i think yeah one other piece of it you know the three of us we i can't remember the last time we got together it probably was yeah. last year sometime and i was thinking about that about the kind of conversations we used to have pre-pandemic because we would do like the taco we, we went to taco got tacos one time on a, mm -hmm. on a thursday i think yeah right. um we had burgers one time that burger we yeah. had uh 
the burgers was the first one. That was probably the most fun, I think. Um, and then we had, uh, what else do we have? Oh, we had breakfast that one time. That was the last time, I think. And um, when I, I was thinking about that, and I was also thinking about how important it is. I, I mentioned this to Connor recently. I said how important it is to have conversations with and socialize with people who are also mm-hmm. really thinking about certain things and doing certain things because I think your success is really dependent upon your influences, right? And so if you're around people who are doing positive things and thinking about positive things and having mm-hmm. conversations about that, everybody grows. And so I've always, I've always felt like our conversations were really good in that regard because while we might be doing different things in life, there were always ways in which we could have conversations that you know, help to uplift uh, everybody. And so I, mm-hmm. I appreciate you sharing like, those things because it, it reminds me of sort of that journey is that we're all on as, as individuals. We are also on collectively too. Totally. Yeah, the, the journeys that we're on are probably more similar than they've ever been before because we're all, I, 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 not in our lifetime at least, have we all dealt with, I guess, I guess maybe since 9-11 that we've all like had something happen in our lives that had some type of direct impact like and and 9-11 doesn't come close i think to the pandemic right like uh 9-11 was extremely extremely impactful but this mm-hmm. this this is a whole year plus um right and it uh, 9-11 was a, a uh impactful moment but but if you weren't in new york um, right. There wasn't that same physical impact, right. It didn't change our jobs. It didn't change our lifestyle. It didn't impact us going to the grocery store. Uh, now just the fact that we all have to wear masks every time we go outside is mm-hmm. a, a very drastic and telling, uh, change to the physical world for us. And, uh, that is the, the interesting part to me with that is that you walk down the street and we all have this thing in common now, right? Like we're all mm-hmm. dealing with the same uh, anxiety, fear, uh, and wanting to be protected against the same virus that uh, we're also worried that we're all individually spreading ourselves. That's mm-hmm. a very interesting way that it's, it is bonding us all as uh, citizens of our communities because we're all going through this thing at the same time. Yeah. It's really interesting to be going through a collective trauma together right? Mm. We think about ways that people bond and I think, you know, a lot of people form really like long lasting relationships. It's like, sometimes it's by going through like shared experiences and some, some of those experiences are traumas. And I, I use the words trauma on purpose because this is a very traumatic, like we're, we're upending the lives of our lives, lives of hundreds of millions of people in our country around the world. And it's like, I think lots of times it's really, it's, it's easy to lose perspective of the fact that this is not a good thing, but we've been going through it for so long that you, it just becomes your day to day, right? This is definitely a collective shared trauma, right? And the thing that, you know, to Mr. Well Travel's point, um, by having conversations and keeping up and maintaining with folks that can keep you uh, having a positive outlook, but then also like, you know, keep you motivated to continue pushing things forward is just critical more, ne- more now than ever. Right. Because when you have so much time with yourself, you can go. There's a bunch of different ways your brain can go different directions. Right. Depending on what you're doing, who you're talking to. But if you're talking to the right people and if you're striving for the right things, you know, we can all come out of this situation's collective trauma like better than when we started. Right. Yeah. Not no pre- no pressure to have to do that for anybody. Right. Because I've seen that, too. But like by maintaining these relationships and really thinking about ways we can uplift each other. 
right? We're going to come out of it stronger and, and more, hopefully more connected, even though we're all apart. And so prime, my question for you with all these changes with the pandemic, um, what, how have your communities changed, right? Like what's been the impact on your community within uh, the music space, uh, workspace, mm -hmm. and even your family? I mean, again, I love it because you always have such amazing big questions, right? Uh, I'm going to actually take a, a step to the, to the left of what you're asking because it's similar but different, right? So one thing that I've had happen to me is my community has gone digital, like completely, right? I don't do much right now. I'm at home taking care of my, my work. I work from home. I've been doing that since February and my family, my daughter, my wife, and, you know, and my, my, my close bubble. But I'm largely living, living large digitally online right now, right? So my footprint, my digital footprint, at least as far as like my social media, Instagram, that's which is my primary goes, it's grown, but I've also been more engaged and have more engagement than I ever had because I'm using it differently. I'm actually using it as a social I'm not using it as a one-way communication tool. I'm literally doing the social part of it because that's what I needed more than anything, you know? Um, when, we, when the pandemic started, I didn't re I mean, I know that I was an extroverted person, right? That's just how I roll. But as it got worse and things kept going more and more and more, I definitely started to feel like that pain of just like, I want to see people. I get energy from people. I get energy from these interactions, both, you know, family, work, and friends. And, you know, without that, I was kind of starting to go, Little, little cray cray, right? So I really did. I mean, I made a conscious decision to just be more, not even to be more, not to be more active per se, although I definitely was more active on, on Instagram and social, but I made a conscious decision to have more conversations, right? To engage more, to have more messages. When I think something, I, I say something, right? And the way that I used Instagram before is completely different. Like I, I, the funny thing for me is I probably have like a thousand open messages with people using the, 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 the message tool, right? I'm, I'm talking to a lot of people and it's asynchronous communication, right? It's not all in real time, but I'm talking to so many people now and my community has changed. It used to just be like, oh, this is a bunch of DJ people and this and that, but now I'm talking to like, obviously as a new father and being wanting and having a desire to share my experiences and also to like, you know, share my daughter with the world. This is the only medium I have. I'm talking to people from around the world now about like parent things. It's crazy. So my community, my community is sort of as far as from a digital perspective, it's grown a lot of like a lot of new uh, family oriented things, like a lot of new moms. Like I looked at my, some of my, my insights the other day, I was like, oh my God, a lot of moms on here, <laughs> right? It's mom central, but it's because, you know, when, when you start to put out things in the world, you start to get a lot of like feedback and, and uh, engagement back. I talk to a lot of fathers now, a lot of black fathers from around the world. Right. And that's been an interesting thing specifically, you know, going through the, what, what Mr. Well Travel spoke to earlier, the um, racial reckoning in America, the world is watching that happen in real time. Right. And the world has opinions on it. And then the world also has like support they want to try to provide for you. Yeah. So I'm talking to like, I'm talking to people in Toronto. I'm talking to people in a lot of like black fathers in the UK. And, you know, I'm talking to people in California, Texas, Florida. We just have these ongoing conversations and it's like, had this not happened, this pandemic, I wouldn't probably be meeting these different people from around the world and the country and having these like actual relationships with them. But I am, right? My community has grown in these interesting ways that I honestly never even thought it would. And I'm, you know, and it's very fulfilling because you know, the whole social media part, I'm really going hard on the social part because it's like, you can talk to anybody. Like 
anybody. I talk, I, sometimes they don't talk back, whatever, right? But I talk to, you know, I, I go out of my way to just to have that social interaction with as many people as I can. And it's been really, it actually has been really, really fulfilling. Definitely different. <laughs> Not the same thing as we want to do if we're going to breakfast with each other or like getting like hamburgers or something, but like it has been an uplifting way for me to maintain relationships and to, and to get encouragement from people, right? From around the world. So I've been, uh, in, in regards to like how, how my community's changed, it's, it's blown up completely, right? But in the best and the most unimaginably positive ways possible. So I've really been enjoying it. Boom. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering who, who was going to jump in there. Um, and and I'll, I'll just keep firing away questions for you. It is. Um, well, and, and so, well, I, maybe oh, before we, I, uh, maybe, uh, maybe I'm just wanting to react a little bit to what uh, DJ Prime has um, shared. I, I think, I think that's a really positive takeaway. I mean, I, that's a, that's a great, that's a great result, right? To have, yeah. um, have that. And I will say, I have noticed that you and I actually have more conversation now during the p pandemic than we had pre pandemic on, on Instagram. And one of the things that I have to say is I have appreciated how uh, like supportive you've been, like when I was working on the next step app and yeah. those types of things, because I think um, oftentimes on social media, you have people who will either like, they'll see what you're doing, but they won't really acknowledge it or anything like that. And so you always, you know, I, I remember like really acknowledging what I was doing and I, I it, it made me think, Okay, so even though I know you and I've, mm -hmm. I, I, I know you outside of, of Instagram, most of my, um, most of what I receive of you is through Instagram, right? These, <laughs> these days. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm like, well, okay, so he, I can see that there's more layers to the person. And I think that's the probably the, the really interesting thing about social media. It, it really creates a a one-dimensional view of a person and mm -hmm. so as we've been talking i'm like oh well and this is one of the reasons why i wanted you to come on as a guest actually was because i could see that you had been thinking about many other things beyond what we see and yeah. i was cur curious very in particular so i think connor's actually asking some great questions um because i was curious like well what is your perspective from you know what what has been your experience and how is that different than what other people Mm -hmm. might might be going through or how is it the same and so i think it i think it's actually cool because something that i you know you bring up like black fathers for example mm -hmm. um i've noticed that more during the pandemic than i think i did before and i don't know if it's because so many fathers are at home now all the time whereas maybe they would have been um uh working um i don't know can you guys still hear me sorry um you sound really good you sound great Okay. All right. Sorry. Very, a, very, see very the, strong the screen, tone. <laughs> the, the screen on my end has frozen or had frozen. And so I didn't know if um, I needed to stop talking for a second. So thank you. Uh, so, so yeah, so I've, I've noticed that a lot more that black fathers are, are very active now on social media, but it's, it's good to hear also that there's support because I've talked to other uh, of my friends who are fathers and they've, talk to me about that, that they feel like that is something that's important to them is to be able to make those connections. And I hadn't, because I don't have any kids, right? So I mm -hmm. hadn't really thought about it, that how, how important that is um, in just 
trying to uh, have community and, and, and feel supported in that part of your, your life. Um, so it, it's cool to hear that you've, you've been able to really expand your, yeah. your world in that way. Um, and I, and I wonder, um, you know, when we are on the other side of this pandemic, when we have a vaccine, when life returns to whatever we are going to label as normal, um, <laughs> What does that look like? How does that how does that evolve? I, I wonder a little bit about that because I, I, I think maybe this is the beginning of some new kind of way of uh, folks connecting and supporting each other and to be able to, um, you know, uplift each other as time goes on. I mean, this is your first child, so you may have more children, and um, so this is a longer journey. Oh, okay, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I can see the look on your face. So if you're li- so so what is, so if you're listening to this uh, as a podcast, you probably, the look on Prime's face right now is uh, one like the the kind of like shock and horror that you might see. Just trying in, to survive um, this one maybe, right now, you know. <laughs> surviving, yes. Yeah, so so maybe so maybe so maybe not maybe not maybe not. But um, yeah, so so my thought is actually just yeah, like I think it could sounds like it could be very much the start of a new sort of way of uplifting the community, and I think that mm-hmm. that's good too because as 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 they say, right? Um, when you are thinking about children, and you know it takes a village and and all of that, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's a physical village. I mean, it could very much be a, a virtual one too. I mean, you know, to that point, that's having a child. I didn't have the child, right? But like, you know, having a kid during this time, it's like such a huge departure for the way that things would normally go, right? Mm-hmm. You'd you imagine this stuff in the hospital. Oh, I'm ha- my water broke. You know, you show up at the hospital, your family's there waiting in the lobby. Everyone's there to support you. People are bringing in food. Oh, what do you want to eat? Oh, I'm going to bring like none of that none of that of that fantasy of what you people have experienced on either from other relatives or on TV is the reality right now. Um, I almost mm-hmm. wasn't even able to be uh, to go to the hospital, right? That was part of the requirements like of, of COVID and COVID uh, rules, right? So for me, it's just such a it's such a big departure from what we think it's going it, to what it would have been had there not been a pandemic. So when, you know, when Isla was born, um, I could I was allowed to go to the hospital. So it was myself and then my wife and my mother-in-law, she was allowed to go. But as soon as the baby was born, mother-in-law had to leave. Right. And then also on top of that, uh, when we went to the hospital, we entered the the room, like the birthing room, but you can't leave that room the entire time you're there. And when I say room, I really mean it's like a, I don't know, like a bathroom, like two bathrooms, maybe like it was a very, very, very small space. Right. And we were stuck in there the entire time. You can't leave, you can't walk the halls, you can't go to the bathroom, you can't leave and come back. Like you're there for the long haul. And then, so, I mean, I was in the hospital living inside of that one room for maybe four days, right? Because wow. my wife got induced. Yeah, so it's like, and you can't have any family come to support you. You can't have any family come to help you. It's like, you, we couldn't do anything. And, you know, I had a really, lucky for me, I really love hospital meatloaf because I ate this. <laughs> I had that meal so many times. Uh, lucky for me, that, you know, the hospital food was good, but it's like, it was such a big departure from what you would expect and what people are used to having happen, you know? 
And then even after we go home, it's, it's even bigger, even bigger changes, right? You can't have family come and visit you in the same way they traditionally would, right? Random people can't just drop by, you know, or, or when they do, they're giving you one of these, yeah. you know, and, you know, who's holding you, who's holding your baby, right? And th- these are all these, these really painful decisions that have, you had to come, uh, come to grips with and have realizations about, and, you know, especially now, it's whatever we're just used to like, you know, living in 2021, but it's a huge change, right. To, to not have that community level support when these things happen. right. Maybe you would have even, you know, dropped by the house and shown up. I would have seen Mr. Well travel with a little, with a, with a little, with a meal for me or something, you know, or maybe, you know, maybe, uh, find me in Seattle would have dropped by with a, a gift card for like a very fancy restaurant or something. I don't know, but it's like, we couldn't do any of those normal things. So I've had to, I don't want to say I've had to find, but I have found support in, from a community level, from social and from online and from, you know, digitally in, in a way that I didn't even think was, was possible, right? Uh, you know, to your earlier point, is there, is there going to be a new paradigm shift in the way that we do things in the world and in our communities? And I, I have to un- honestly say 100% yes, because uh, digitally, you're only um, one message away from connecting with somebody, Right. Whereas physically, you know, you, you have to get in the car and do all these different things. It's like the reason why you and I have been talking more during this pandemic is because for me, I've just made a conscious decision that when I think something, I say something, right? So if I see something that you're doing and I'm like, wow, Mr. Will Travel's killing it right now. It's, it's so much easier for me just to just tell him that, right? To let you know, as opposed to wait till the next time I see you, you know, which is not going to be for a while. So, and I've also made a conscious effort to just make sure I can, communicate my thoughts and my energy to people that, you know, that sometimes, you know, if I'm not able to see you in person, I want to give it to you digitally. Right. So anytime I see any of my friends or anybody doing things that just, that really deserve applause, I go out of my way to make sure that they, that they know that. Right. Because, you know, we're only as good as the people that we keep in our company. So I'm just trying to be good company. Right. And trying to get that, give the same level of support that I've received from others. So definitely going to be, yeah. Like you, you made that connection. Like when you were DJ, uh, you still are a DJ, right? But when you were out, right, it was so much about yeah. like you providing the music and always having the feedback come from all the people. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like you flip that now and you're like, all right, I need to give that energy back to other people yeah. in the community. That's really cool. I love that. Yeah. And so what, what else, like, and, and maybe this is too personal, but like, what about your uh, intimate relationships like with your wife or your family, right? You don't have to watch out, watch out, watch out now. <laughs> uh, right. But like, how have you, managed, no, okay. how, how have you managed uh, your relationships, uh, especially with bringing a kid in during the pandemic? Like how, how's that changed at all? Man, that's a, that's a really good question because it's, it's a thing that a lot of people, like, you know, a lot of people are experiencing, but maybe they're not talking about it. Uh, I, I don't want to say that I'm lucky, but I made smart choices in my life, right? To choose to be with somebody that I want to be with because they're the perfect person for me. Yes. You know, so because this time that we have where we're with each other, forced with each other, right? It, it hasn't been a uh, punishment. It's been, uh, it's, been, it's been a gift, you know? Yeah. This extra time I've been able to spend with my wife before, you know, she, she ended up going on leave a month before her due date right? It was a, a gift to be able to spend so much time with her without the outside pressures of X, Y, and Z of having to commute and do all these different things. Like uh, it, going through this experience, pandemic, you know, the shared trauma of that, but then also of a child, it's like it's brought us closer together, right? To where our relationship is just like, 
it's it's a part of our everyday life and it's like a foundation of what keeps us both going forward you know because i've seen you know we're online man we've seen some weird things happening to some people's relationships <laughs> splitsville tennessee everywhere right yeah. and yeah but, but again I, you know i i I think about myself. I'm like, wow, I'm glad I made a lot of these decisions that I just <laughs> made the right choices because I definitely ended up with, um, with the right person for me. Right. And, uh, but yeah, but I, I, that's, I appreciate the question because it, it really is true. You know, as we, as I mean, even thinking about dating and relationships moving forward, like, what does that even look like? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not, obviously I'm not single right now, but, for all my single people out there, uh, what is going on, right? What is it like to be on Tinder with masks on? I don't know. Yeah, I have no clue what it'd be like to be out in the dating scene right now. I'm also very yeah. grateful that uh, I have my companion, and yeah, it's her, it's her and I, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. But, and that's what I love about doing the show every week is we've been able to dive in a little deeper on these conversations that uh, for a lot of time, like, before the pandemic, I feel like uh, they were either off limits or they just like didn't get talked about. There, they didn't feel mm-hmm. like the need to go deeper. But and maybe that was because of the physical proximity that we could easily have with each other, like you mentioned, right? Like, oh, I wouldn't say those things because I'll see you in person right next weekend or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's like, all right, now we got to like take these times that we have and really dive deeper and have those conversations that we might have not had over the phone or over Zoom before. Mm-hmm. Uh, right we would have saved it for in person and so um this show has really helped me kind of just like unpeel layers not only with myself but between uh yeah Mr. Well, travel myself or with a guest and uh it's been fun to kind of just like learn more about the world and hear different perspectives Mr. Well, travel you got any comments on that before uh i want to talk about a little bit more about this past summer and what dj prime experienced no, we can jump right into that. I'm, I'm looking forward to that uh, part of the conversation. I think it's it, it's going to be different, you know, because, you know, we have talked a lot about that already. Um, and so it'd be cool to hear his perspective. Also living in a different part of the city. I think that's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to that. Outside! <laughs> There's how about, that too. How about you queue him up with a question? Oh, you want me to come up with a question? You put me on the spot here. <laughs> so I have a question. I was waiting for you I, to ask the question. You're, I believe you in you, Mr. Well Traveled. You tend to ask you. all of the questions. So I, I, just, I was like, okay, I'm waiting on the next question. <laughs> uh, okay, so let me think about what do I want to ask? You know, um, I think... I think what I'm more interested in, I mean, we all, we all know what happened, right? We know that mm-hmm. there was um, the, the murder of George Floyd. We know that after um, that, there were uh, weeks and weeks of protests that really never stopped. I mean, they just continued. And while they, at certain points, they um, were very, very small, and then they would grow again, depending on what, what else was happening in the world. Um, I think what I'm more curious about is how how did you how did you feel about what was going on in Seattle um, during the summer and mm. and what do you and did that inform particularly you know we we've just uh, had an election did that inform your um, you know 
choices as you were voting? I think that's kind of the, the question. Yeah. And then, okay. And, and then I, I think from that, I think the other thing I'm, I'm thinking about is, you know, with having a child, is there a connection there to your, your thoughts and about, about what needs to happen um, in, in the future? Because I, as, as I think about it, if, if, if I had a child, I would be thinking about how can I shape the world so that my child doesn't have to live through what I'm living through mm-hmm. right now. And so I, I wonder sort of, yeah, about those things, about yeah. how yeah. You, you, that connection. So, so to your question specifically about the summer, uh, social unrest, racial reckoning, all of these, uh, all, you know, all these um, long time coming things in, in the U.S., right? Uh, it was an interesting experience having this all go down in like the first month of uh, like my daughter's life, right? I was at home. No one's coming over. You know, we're just, what time is it? What day is it? Who knows? We were going through a lot of that, but then when everything is going on, it's like, like, you know, it's specifically in downtown Seattle, looking at all the protests and all the things that are happening. It's like, I, as an individual, I want to be out there in these streets, you know, not necessarily tearing it up and making my voice heard, right? I want to be mm-hmm. out and I want to participate in like, and I want to have a feeling of participation um, physically, right? Because that's what I want, I would want to do. But at the same time, though, the newfound responsibility of being self-controlled and being even killed and understanding that I have uh, larger responsibilities outside of myself is what made me not go to any, I, I, did, I wasn't able to participate in marches. I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't going to go rioting, uh, but I wasn't able to participate in like the marches and I wasn't able to participate in these things because, you know, this, all this is still happening in the midst of a global pandemic, right? Right. I, 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 for me, I was just really conflicted because more than anything, I wanted to be, out there, right? To, to have that feeling of I'm, I'm making a point by physically putting myself in this space and I'm helping to amplify this message, right? That's what I want to do, but I, I couldn't do it because of the responsibility that I have to my household and to my family. So it was, it was mm-hmm. definitely like a, an internal conflict that I kind of had to come to grips with, right? But knowing that I had to make that decision, the question then becomes, what can I do? Right. What can I do either remote? What can I do through support? What can I do through advocacy? What can I do through social engagement and and activism on the level that I'm able to participate? These were all questions and things I started to think about. So I had to make a conscious decision to use my voice within the community that that I live within and the community that I'm a part of to share my perspective on what's happening and to share my, and, and to, you know, silence is violence to, to use my voice to just tell people what's really going on and how I feel. And I think that was definitely a huge change this year more than ever is you heard a lot of voices talking about, you know, racial issues, social issues, just in general, specifically racial issues in the US, you hear a lot of voices from coworkers, right? From peers, from just from people across, across the board actually telling you how they feel about things, right? And that has been that that was definitely a unique experience. Um, one thing I can say is, is in um, thinking about how to put this together the right way, uh, work wise, right? A lot of things are happening. A lot of those conversations are happening at work as well, right? The PR yeah. response for how companies corporate, how do corporations respond to 
uh, racial inequality, diversity, inclusion. How, I mean, there's a spotlight on these on all, all these things that are happening, right? How do they respond to that? It's been an interesting thing for me to be to observe from the outside looking in. Specifically, I was on paternity leave um, for two months um, while a lot of this while a lot of this was happening at my job, and I'm grateful. And this is going to sound strange. I'll just you know, put it out there in the streets, whatever, right? I was grateful that I wasn't there to participate in some of those conversations because uh, a lot of you know, African-American people know working in the corporate world is like oftentimes you are one of the few people that are in that room or you're one of the few people that are participating that are there, right? So for me, I was grateful in some ways that I was on paternity leave because I didn't have to be the lone voice uh, the, speaking for all black people's uh, reconciliation, all their thoughts and feelings and, and uh, in, in qualms with the world. And I was happy to not have to, to do that because many times in my life, uh, in, you know, in, in, in university or in different working environments, just different work, like you, oftentimes you're the only person, right? So to speak as if you are part of a, your monolith or whatever, it's a, I was happy to not have to do that role. Um, and I was happy to see people willingly pick up that baton and, and push that conversation forward, you know, from across a wide variety of races. A lot of, you know, obviously, right, a lot, a lot of white people are having these conversations and seeing some of these things for the first time, things that have been going on forever, right? So it was really interesting for me to, in some ways, to, you know, to get reached out to by coworkers and just by just different people and to hear their thoughts and feelings of some of these things they've never had to come to grips with, you know? It's, it was, it's been a super interesting time and, you know, with where I'm at now um, versus early on in the summer, I'm at a I'm, I'm at a point where I'm definitely on the, the opposite side of that now, where I'm uh, aggressively participating in these conversations at work. Right? I want to use my experiences and my story and my use myself to help drive things forward. Right? In a way that I can to be responsible. And and I'm going I'm monologuing right now. Like keep going. But but um in regards to how these things that happened to me, you know, how these experiences in the summer have impacted uh, election and how I participate, how I chose to participate and show up both online and in, and in, in with other people, you know, when everything was happening, right. And, and you see the responses that are happening from the Trump side, two thumbs down. Uh, <laughs> right. For me, the first thought is that, you know, it's time to go to work, baby. Like what, what can we do? Um, from our limited positions in like, you know, what we can control, what can we do in the digital space or with our own communities to interconnect each other to go to work and make some action happen, right? That's the, what was in my mind the entire time, my, the entire time. How can we make, how can I push these things forward, right? How can whoever is on the democratic side, how can I find a way to support them as best as possible? And how can I uh, use myself as a conduit for conversation for people with conflicting views? to be able to help them understand how my point of view, my perspective, my unique experience as a part of their community could potentially shift their opinion on what they should be doing. And that's, you know, a, a lot of people made a conscious decision to participate, All right? Go to work, get after it, learn from others. I mean, this is a crazy, crazy, crazy time. You know, Mr. Well Travel, you know, find me in Seattle, who, Maricopa County. Why do I know the name of Maricopa County? Like, you know, right, the, the level of civic engagement that happened this year for this election is uh, just like everything else, it's unprecedented. Unprecedented. I've, I was, you know, I was actually listening to the last episode of his podcast, you know, like early, early this morning, and it's like, you know, we're hearing reflections of your experiences on election day. And I, you know, I was just listening to it. I was like, man, 
That was the same thing. I watched the same, the, the same show for five days in a row and nothing happened. <laughs> and it, it was it was insane but like that level of like civic engagement the level of understanding of like the scope and scale and like how important this stuff is i think it really dawned on people from uh following the events of what happened this summer of you know the murder of george floyd right and and we all had this deep ingrained understanding that this is this is not time to play around you know we have to make this happen we're, we're so invested that we're gonna care about people watching vote, pe- watching people counting votes. And, you know, we're going to care about these, all these counties and understanding why the system for election count, like for counting votes is, is, is so wonky around the entire country. We're all going to care about that. But now the question is, you know, following the election, following everything that we've gone to, what's next? And how do we keep the work going? And that's why, you know, a show, a podcast like this one is important because, you know, it's like keeping the conversation going. It's not just about civic engagement or social justice as it relates to what happened last week or this summer. It's like, how do we push the conversation forward and how do we find the relevant pockets to have those, to have uh, conversations that in different communities that push the narrative and push action forward. So that's why I'm grateful for you. That's why I'm grateful for you guys, because, you know, putting this kind of a thing together and keeping up with it is a lot of work. You know, a lot of energy goes into this. So I'm happy for you guys and I'm proud of you guys for doing this. Thank you for watching. We appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Mr. World Travel, do you got any thoughts on what he said? Monologuing. Oh, man. There's a lot to react to. I mean, gosh. Um, You said a lot of good things, I I will say. Uh, So, well, first, I'll just say thank you for, you know, uh, being a listener or a viewer, I don't know. Where, what's your preferred platform? Let me ask that, I guess, quickly here. Um, you know, I like, I like to listen to it on Apple Podcasts, but then sometimes I'll watch the clips on Instagram, but then at the same time, you'll track back to the YouTube. You know, it's the whole <laughs> ecosystem. You know, we're doing through 360 monetization, okay. you know. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Well, thank you where, for, uh, for Wherever I can click. Give me, give me more places I can click, and I'll go do that, too. Oh, we have them for you. Don't, there, there are lots of them. Um, I think, you know, well, thank you for definitely checking us out on Apple Podcasts. And for those yeah. who do check us out on Apple Podcasts, thank you for being a listener. Please give us, you know, a rating because we're trying to get our um, ranking up. But um, yeah, I, the, I would definitely Take the time say, to subscribe. Take the time to subscribe right now if you haven't done that. Thank, thank you. See, we need we need to have you like just do do that for us every, every just, episode. Just cut me in. Just cut me in. Make sure you like and subscribe right now. Thanks. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I I definitely I think the thing that jumps out at me the most was at the very beginning, right? I, the, mm-hmm. the question that you're asking yourself about, you know, what does action look like for me? And this is something that you know Connor and I have talked about from the very beginning. Like, action is going to look different for everyone and and really depending on everyone's personal circumstances you being you know a new father having a baby at home there is it, it just i i could completely see why it just did not make any sense to be in the streets marching even though that's mm-hmm. where your heart was that doesn't that definitely didn't sound like the place to be um mm-hmm. for for your situation but as time has gone on, uh, you've, you've definitely said, you know, you, you know the places where you want to lean in. You want to lean in and social. You mm-hmm. want to lean in at work. Uh, you want to be able to uh, bridge the gap in, in your personal uh, relationships and, 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 your, mm-hmm. uh, and the different, you know, c- tribes you move through, right? Yeah. So I think all of that is super important because I, 
I remember also at the very beginning, people ask, many people asking themselves this question. Like they understood that they saw something that was wrong, but then wanting to know, okay, well, if I don't march, if I don't go out and demonstrate, what does that mean? Does that mean I'm not being active? And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's when Connor and I started to have the conversation about this show about really trying to help people to feel supported in their, Mm um, in their action, but also to understand that action looks like a lot of different things. Yeah. You know, I can really relate very much to your experience of being the only one in the room and, and then also being, you know, the representative of an entire group of people that's just as diverse as any other group of people. And, and so it's, and that is something that goes on your entire life, right? Depending on Mm -hmm. uh, the type of environments, particularly if you're um, a, a black person who finds yourself in predominantly white spaces, like I have, and it sounds like you have for most of your mm-hmm. life. Um, and then at work, that's not necessarily what you're hired for, right? So it, it then becomes an additional burden to have to be that one yeah. voice. Can I get a bonus? Can I get a diversity bonus or something? for like? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Hook it up, let's talk. I, I was kidding. Right. Hey, no, I mean. <laughs> but the reality I messed is, up the, flow, the reality sorry. is, no, you're good. You're good. No, that was good. But the, the reality is that is that's that is what happens. And you you have to make a choice, right? Either you lean into that or you just kind of go on about your business as usual. And I think, you know, I've done the same thing where I've said, okay, I'm going to, I'm not going to allow this moment to pass by and me not raise my hand and try to contribute to some of the different initiatives and projects that are happening. And I think what's, at least for me, has been really interesting is that, you know, I've watched across the entire sort of corporate landscape, right? So many companies are making very grand pronouncements of how they want to address systemic racism. Um, And then as some time has passed, I'm starting Mm -hmm. to see just how serious they are about these things. Yeah. yeah. So that's, a, that's been a very interesting thing for me, both inside of my uh, current corporate environment, but also just looking more broadly. Um, and then I think it, what it sounds like as well as for you, like, like for me, there was definitely an evolution. So you started in one place and you can, you're in a different place. You're, your choices as you were thinking about voting definitely sound mm-hmm. like they were influenced by a lot of what has happened this year. And, but it didn't start this year for you. And I think that that's really important to mm-hmm. recognize that for some people I have, I'm, it's very clear to me that this was an awakening, but then for other people, this is life, right? Like what, what we know is that, um, what happened this summer, whether it was George, George Floyd or Breonna Taylor or Ahmaud mm-hmm. Arbery or, or any of the names that we have come to know, um, that these are not new situations, right? Police brutality mm-hmm. has, has existed for a very long time in this country. And so I think for me, as I, as I look at companies now saying, well, we need to figure out diversity. We need to figure out, you know, inclusion, or in some cases where they want to use equity as, as a term. Mm-hmm. Part of where I feel challenged is when I see these companies saying that these companies are often 
run by white men and white men only from their boards mm-hmm. to their executive leadership to even, mm-hmm. you know, a few levels down. And I have to ask myself the question, well, what are they going to include the people that are being harmed in the solution? So when I, when I look at a lot of uh, where I try to insert myself is, is by saying, well, I know I'm not, I'm the only one in this environment or I'm one of few in this environment. So if they're not asking me, I need to come to the table and say, Hey, I'm here. I'm still here. And I'm here too. And I'd Mm -hmm. like you to include my perspective in what's happening. And, and I think part of the thing that I've been trying to talk about a lot more is you have, you do have to talk to the people who are your employees who are, in of the group that you say that you want to support and Mm -hmm. also your customers right because your customers are going to have a very um a a very i would say traumatic experience and just in their daily lives that as a as a person who is not having that experience you're not going to ever understand if you don't ask the question and so then you're not really ever going to solve a problem in a meaningful way so i appreciate the people who are willing to do that in the corporate environments because i know that that it is not easy what you what yeah. you're having to do participating in conversations like that and understanding that that is action too you may not mm-hmm. be out in the street but we need you to be in your corporation mm-hmm. doing doing the work you're doing and Otherwise, who's going to be able to do it, right? Yeah. Um, who's, who, where, where do we get to have representation and re- where do we get to have your voice if you're not there? And so mm-hmm. I, I say I'm appreciative of you doing that and taking that on because I know that that's not, not something that is, is an easy thing to do. And it can be very challenging because oftentimes you're going to have the right idea. You're going to have what sh- you're going to know what should be done and you're not always going to be in a position to really make that change. You're, you're basically asking other people to do something different, something that is not what they have been doing. It's, and to disrupt the status quo, mm-hmm. to be a change agent and, be at, and do it in a place where you, you get your paycheck, that is mm-hmm. a very heavy thing to be able to do. And um, I appreciate you for, for even deciding that that's what matters to you. Um, mm-hmm. And I think with people like you thinking like this and people like Connor and me and everyone that we, you know, all of the people who listen to this podcast, I think it gives us hope and it gives us an opportunity that no matter where we are in the world, having a certain perspective and pushing for change, look, over time, we will start to see some change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to take a long time. Uh, the other question I want to follow up with you, Prime, is in uh, in, in relation the connection between uh, you, like your race, your identity, and and your daughter, right? And like, how are you starting to think about that, or how did the summer uh, affect how you're like planning to communicate to your daughter, uh, right? Like that's. I know going to be a thing. Eventually she is going to see herself in the mirror. Right. And she's biracial. Right. And she's going to learn about these identity things. What has, what have you thought about over the last seven months about um, how that's going to impact her as a young girl? Uh, I mean, that's a great question. And it's, it's interesting because it's one that a lot of people 
don't ask, right? You're, I mean, it's interesting because you're the first person that's asked me this question and I talk to a lot of people, right? And, and this is, it's important because this is the reality, but to, to your question, uh, I've been, you know, I haven't been just thinking about it for the last seven months. I've been thinking about it for the last five years, baby, right? You know, as you, as you start to think about your own identity, who you are, where you come from, um, what your experiences have, how they've shaped you, and you start to think about what, how you want to, how do you want to like help your child understand who they are? What is their place in the world? What is their identity, right? You, you have to kind of start thinking about your, your own personal journey of coming to understanding who you are, where you come from, and how can you like speed that up for her, right? How can you give her like that snapshot of who she is and, and, and really start, start from that point where you're reinforcing on a daily basis. So for me, uh, really interesting enough, so I, I am half black, half Filipino, right? You know, that's a complex racial identity and being biracial across those two cultures in and of itself. But, you know, I, I, I firmly am grounded in knowing who I am, right, and where I come from, right? My mom being Filipino, my dad being, being black, right? Uh, crazy enough, my wife is half Filipino and half Italian. So when, you, when our powers combine, you know, it's not Captain Planet, but we have a half Filipino baby. He's also oh, yeah. a quarter black and a quarter Italian. And, I, you know, this, this is funny because I don't think there's any scenario in the world where I imagine I grow up as a half Filipino person having a, and have a half Filipino baby. Like, <laughs> what? Like, like wicked, wicked, what? Like, where, where does that happen? You know what I mean? Um, so for me, it's, 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 it's important to, like, to do two parts, right? Or multi, I guess it's four parts for her, right? Understanding her heritage and her roots as it relates to being half Filipino is going to be obviously very important. You know, lucky for me on my mom's side and then also really largely on my wife's side, huge family, huge Filipino infrastructure. Her mother has many, many sisters, right? So they have a big family, very interconnected. And so, you know, culturally, helping her to understand the Filipino side of who she is is super important, right? Um, on the Italian side, for my wife, you know, being half Italian, her father and her family side, we're going to make sure that we, we, we expose her as much as possible to what it means to be Italian-American, but then also Italian uh, from Italy, right? The goal is to go to these places and to help her understand who she is, right? By going there and experiencing things and experiencing the culture. How do you do that, though, on the Black side of your family when you don't know, uh, you know, um, uh, culturally or you don't know, like, genealogically where you're from, right? What does that Black experience look like when you don't have that track back to understand, you know what I mean? Uh, where you come from or what your descendancy is in, in Africa. That's a com more of a complicated uh, thing to expose it to in terms of travel. But in terms of identity, that's something that I can make sure that I expose her to uh, on a daily basis, right? By exposing her to the lineage and the history of what it means to, to not just, I mean, there's different phrases, right? To be black in America, but then also the African-American history and the diaspora of what it means to grow up uh, myself, my own personal experience, like her uncles and her aunt's experiences, my brothers and sisters' experiences, um, her, her grandpa, what does that experience look like? But then also like not be afraid to just like let her know who she is on a daily basis. And then also uh, help her become empowered by owning that experience of being someone that is half Filipino, you know, a quarter black and a quarter Italian, like, on a, like letting her know that that is a beautiful thing and also reinforcing that this is like, this is who you are. Good for you. Right. And I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to do that every, every day. Right. Because it's not that I didn't have that experience myself growing up, but I don't think that it was a conscious decision to affirm that identity. Right. 
I think for my parents, it was kind of just like, boom, you are who you are, go get it. But for me, it's like, I think I, I do have to make a conscious decision to affirm all the parts uh, that make up who she is, right? And then, uh, and then help her to be empowered and to, and to become strong uh, in, in that identity, right? Uh, travel, I do think it's gonna be a big part of it. When's that gonna happen? I don't know. Um, and, and understanding what that looks like um, on the, uh, I think a lot of domestic travel specifically to expose her to different, like, uh, different variations of like, you know, the black experience in America, that'll be interesting. Right. But then I, I, there, I do have a desire as I get older to like to actually go. I've never been to Africa before. Right. Has then have either of you guys been to Africa before? I've been to Kenya. Ooh, Mr. Well travels Sutton on us. <laughs> I, guess, <laughs> I, should, I guess I should have thought about that before I asked Mr. Well traveled if he'd been to Africa. Right, so. I mean, it's, it's, it's in the name. But I, the, these are things that I want to make a conscious decision and efforts to, to go after. And I don't think these are things that a lot of, you know, that my parents thought about, but I'm, that we're definitely in the position to make this happen. Maybe, maybe we can go together, find me in Seattle and family. We can all go, let's plan a trip. Maybe you can get it sponsored. By, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get working on that. <laughs> maybe we can make a, get a vlog going out of it. I don't know. We'll see. So hopefully I answered your question. And if not, that was the best I can do. I told you, this is, this is the caveat for last night. I got a very limited amount of sleep because my daughter decided that it was party time at 11 o'clock until three o'clock. And then also from four o'clock to six o'clock. You don't got like some Which mellow beats that you can mix for her that puts her right to sleep? Oh man, I stay playing the mellow beats for her, but <laughs> she just doesn't care. She wanted the remix last night and I didn't have it ready. <laughs> so. Musically, actually interesting enough, like so for her, I think the part of the cultural experience is gonna be through diversity of music, right? Like what can I share um, with her that has, carries along with her cultural experience, like, you know, black cultural experience, uh, Filipino cultural experience, but then also like Italian, what can I share with her media wise? What can I share with her audio wise? That's going to help her understand these different things, right? Mm -hmm. That variation, the variety of music and that, you know, it's, it goes hand in hand with culture. So that's going to definitely be a big part and a big way that I do that. And lucky for her, one of the really big cultures in my house is Disney. <laughs> That's my wife. So she's being exposed to the Disney culture right now. And then we're going to branch out from there when she gets older. Oh, that means she's going to be a, a Disney fan for life. If you're starting that early. I know. I know. <laughs> well, that's what, one of the things on, on like, uh, interestingly enough, that calm, like calms her down when she's getting a little cray cray is like, cl like classical music or like Disney. Like I've been playing like instrumental piano, acoustic versions of those, those song Disney songs. And you know, it's, she she loves it yeah so and then that's the thing of you know, variety of music i'm lucky i can expose her to so many different things but before we we kind of go back into music i wanted to have a follow-up question with you mr well traveled and maybe this is unrelated but was your kenya trip a form of travel for self-exploration no can do you mind if i ask why uh, what brought you to kenya and and why you chose to go there Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> it was a long time ago, um, like 12 years ago, I think. Um, and there was an opportunity for me when I was in grad school to work on a documentary. That was what it was. Ah, okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Are you, you going to share the link for that documentary in the show credits? No, no because I've never... I don't even know where the footage is at this point. I don't... It may have gotten 
destroyed in a move or something like that. Um, but yeah, it was not something that I was ever able to really, technology was different back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I had some difficulty trying to get it edited. I think that was the main thing. Um, I had a lot mm-hmm. of big visions for it, but um, I think if I were to do it now, it would be a lot easier. But back then yeah. like, I had to buy buy a real, like kind of a, they called them prosumer cameras. So it was kind of in between a, a pro camera and a consumer camera. And it was very fancy, very big and expensive. I've, um, and then, yeah, like it was, it was quite a project to undertake by myself. So yeah, I don't think I even have any, any footage from that anymore, unfortunately. Shucks. <laughs> uh, you know, these, uh, maybe one day I'll tell you the story. It's a little, the story, it wasn't exactly the best experience anyway. Um, okay. but, but what I'll say is, um, it, I like, your perspective on travel, how travel can be that thing that is going, that helps to inform who you are and helps to connect, um, especially if you have uh, family connections to different Mm -hmm. places. I think that, I think travel is actually very beneficial in that way. And I I, I appreciate what you're saying as a parent, that you're being very intentional, right? And very Mm -hmm. thoughtful about, what this will mean to your child and to her, her future, both as a, from a sort of a, a self-esteem or um, mm. s- yeah, I guess self-esteem perspective, but also from a, a cultural standpoint and really understanding that um, you can have real connections and be proud of who you are yeah. in, in totality. I, I think so many folks, um, have an experience that's different than that, right? Because the parents make mm-hmm. different decisions for, for their children. Um, there, there are some that um, say, you know, they have a parent from a different country, but they don't have a connection to the family in that country or, or even a connection to the, the culture or the music mm-hmm. or the food. And, um, and so then they have to find that as, an, as adults. And yeah. I've always been impressed with the parents who, do the opposite that they, they, they're very intentional about ensuring that their, their children have that connection because as adults, they're, they're very, for me, I always find them to be the most interesting adults, right? Because they're very proud and they they want to share and help other people to understand um, their family's history and background. And I always, I always like that. And, and you, you did touch on something that is actually pretty key here, right? That, um, you know, as African-Americans, we don't actually have that connection, mm-hmm. um, that, di- that direct connection to, to Africa. And so it, when you see that other people have that, it's something that is it's just very special, right? Mm-hmm. And um, what is nice, I will say, is that there is a whole continent to explore at some point, whenever this pandemic is over. And mm-hmm. I, I would like personally to go back and go to some other countries. And that was actually something that I had on my list. I was, I don't know if I would have done it this year or not. It's kind of hard to, to tell, but it was definitely on my list to go and spend some time in mm-hmm. uh, South, Af- South Africa and uh, some other countries um, in, in the Southern part of Africa, just because I hadn't done that before. And I feel like I've gotten my, my fair share of Europe I've done that. I'm good. 
Um, I've spent a lot of time in South America, and so I, I always want to go back to Brazil, but the idea of being able to go to an entire continent that's full of countries, right, that are um, where people look like you, and they represent what, you know, could have been right i think that's yeah. kind of a kind of an interesting thing and it, and it definitely was for me going to kenya it was it was one of those experiences that i think i had a lot of expectations and it didn't quite go how i expected it to go um but now that i'm some time removed i think i can better appreciate uh, having you know, a tourist experience in a place that maybe feels like it should feel, or how do I want to put this? I think a place that feels like I should be able to call it home, mm -hmm. but understanding that I'm still a tourist because I'm not a, you know, a citizen or a resident of that place. And so I think that's part of what, for us, it's, a, it's we have a very special sort of, thought process that we go through when we think about Africa and about going to Africa. But I don't know that that's necessarily um, in practical terms. I don't know that's necessarily what's happening, right? Like there's, there's this ancestral connection, but mm -hmm. in reality, you're an American tourist. So mm -hmm. there's, there's that. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, I know we, we wanted to talk about music in this show and we haven't really touched on it real quick. Um, and so I'll, I'll pivot a little bit on that just so we can, because I want to hear from you, DJ Prime, about what you've seen change within music this year and, and how have your tastes in music changed? Hmm. Yeah, uh, so... How have my taste in music changed over the course of this year? But then also, what what kind of shifts have I seen in the industry? Yeah. <sighs> I mean, the first, I mean, the shifts in the industry is kind of a, a big uh, a big question. Um, there's a lot of different ways to think about that. Uh, I was looking into last night how how does how has consumer behavior changed in the midst of the pandemic, and you know, and like, what does it mean for an album for an album that is released to be successful in terms of sales and streaming numbers, and how is that calculated? I was looking into that last night to try to understand, the, uh, to understand uh, how projects that come out now are stacked against, you know, things that happened in previous years. And it's all crazy, man. I was going to say streaming numbers and projected sales, that whole, it's all a kind of a mess. I don't, I don't, I mean, as far as like how the industry sees music, I, it's, it's a big question, which I don't have a big answer to. All, all I know is that BTS has the number one album in the world right now with their album B. I was looking into that because I was, I mean, we're going on a tangent. I'm just going to ride the tangent wave all the way there. But there's an album that came out recently that I thought was going to be like the number one album in the U.S. It was uh, Megan Thee Stallion, see the hip hop artist. Her album came out. All I, listen, I was listening to the whole thing. And I don't listen to a lot of albums straight through very often, but her album was just like solid. It was really, really good. It was like really, really, really well put together. It was great. So, and I, I was thinking, why, I, I wonder if this is going to go number one. So I kind of looked into it and, and I, I learned about the combination of streams and she was projected to sell like 92,000 or I was confused what that meant. She it said that she, her album was going to be number, number two with 92,000 projected. 
And it, I, it was, that's a combination of streams and sales. And I was like, who's coming up with this stuff? Who's yeah. making these projections? It doesn't make any sense because culturally her music is having a huge impact on the U S you know, and on America and especially on social all over, right. She's having a huge impact. But if that doesn't translate into sales, like does that impact what, you know, how do you, how do you derive that value? And these are things that I was, I was wondering about, right? Like, what does that even really mean? So, I mean, to your question, in some ways, not necessarily the traditional music industry, but like cultural impact weighted, cultural impact weighted against like commercial sales and streaming, like which one is more important nowadays? This is, this is what we're getting into a really interesting place because is, is the cultural impact more important and more valuable than the actual sales and those different metrics that are being tracked? I don't know. Right. Because that album has full of bangers. I'm not sure if you checked it out yet. You got to go check it out, man. You'll, you'll be dancing all night. That's something I've been exposing my daughter to because she needs to understand what bangers sound like. And, and bangers are very, I feel like bangers are very different. I mean, they, those change every single year. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know. Oh boy. I love it. And, oh, Mr. Will Travel, you got something to say? No, that was it. I was just reacting to the um, the hype button. <laughs> that was it. I yeah, like it. It took me by surprise. I lost. I lost my train of thought right there. Um, with, hopefully, I didn't blow your blow your eardrums out. <laughs> hopefully, uh, recorded it. Wait, what? What happened to Prime? He's uh, he's disappeared from the screen. Well, we got a special appearance. Can you put her on the turntable and? <sighs> I don't think she wants to spin around. All right, baby, let's do this. <laughs> For those of you, DJ Proud got his. Uh, I, I'm trying to get her. Yeah, there she goes. Say hi. Say hi. There's, this is the first baby on the show, too. The first baby on the show. Say hi to Mr. Well Traveled. Hi, Mr. Well Traveled. Say hi, find me in Seattle. Quarantine in Seattle. Quarantine in Seattle. Quarantine in Seattle. And so, so prime do you have any thoughts about uh do you oh. care about the grammy nominations that came up this week um is it like in relation to like the weekend being snubbed yeah the and weekend, that kind of stuff i think bts got snubbed also right what so that's the thing is like in terms of media i definitely follow different things than i did before i was previously following singles every time a single every time a single comes out right I have to be on, on, on the cusp of new, new music and new songs because I have to understand, okay, what's next? What do we have to start getting into the rotation? We have to start playing. Huge change for me in my life is the way I consume music is completely different now because most of the things I listened to were trash. And I'm glad I don't have to listen to as much uh, <laughs> 30 seconds of trash anymore because the way that DJs listen to music, at least the way I do, is you can tell in the first 30 seconds if a song is going to be playable in the context of like a nightclub. You can tell pretty quick if it's going to either it's going to work or it isn't, depending on what the kind of stuff you play. So I haven't had to do that in like seven months. So I've been actually enjoying consuming music in, in its totality and in the way it's supposed to be uh, presented. Right. So but to your question, in terms of like the weekend being snubbed and like BTS being snubbed, that's how you start to think about wow, why is there such a big disconnect between like cultural impact and importance. Right. And like what's pushing the culture forward and like maybe projected sales and some of these different metrics and like how do you start to balance out these weighted metrics so that the things that matter are being represented right 
I mean, I don't, this, I don't, I'm going to make up a really terrible analogy here, but maybe that's part of the reason why the DE and I diversity inclusion work is sometimes is so under, it's like not thought about because we don't think about the impact and the value of like the way your perspective of things can have, but looking at like the weekend and BTS, I mean, the weekends, his album, all those songs, that was the soundtrack for this year in lots of different ways, you know, dun, 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 right. That was that all, all bangers. And, and he brought back the eighties, like kind of new wave, sound of music you know he did something that a lot of people a lot of artists um it's really difficult to do like people that are good at that bruno mars can bring back an entire generational sound and make that sound fresh and make people love it you know the weekend was able to do that and it's insane that he would be snubbed from the grammys considering how much of a cultural impact and how important that his music and his albums were to like an entire generation and population of people is insane and you said bts was snubbed Maybe I don't want to be quoted on that, but I thought I saw that they were. Well, if they were snubbed, that's the greatest travesty of all time. So I'm used to call Kanye and have him rant at the, at the VMAs about that. If, if that is true, because I'm not a K-pop fan per se, but, I, but as a, as a uh, consumer of culture and of music, I understand the level of, like, uh, of gravitas and of importance that, that that group has, in not just in the country, but in the world. It's huge stuff, and it's like it's insane, and I'm so it makes me so happy to see that they're uh, coming to the forefront of like of pop culture and society because we live in a global a global world, right? It's music is it's a global move, movement, right? Things that are from the U.S. go other places and become successful. There's no reason why things from South Korea shouldn't come here and be equally as successful, right? So yeah. I, that makes me so happy when I see their song on that Samsung Galaxy commercial. You know, that's it's crazy. Yeah, BTS. Yeah, so all my Korean homies. <laughs> they, they've been a real interesting one to me. Yeah, because they yeah. have transcended culture and their fans have infiltrated social media and blended with politics in a way yeah. that uh, I've never seen before, right? Like so many of the BTS fans have gotten credit for like uh, trolling far right hashtags, right? Mm-hmm. Like, taking those over and kind of like flooding them with like funny memes about other things so that all the hate kind of gets drowned out. And I think uh, I, I haven't seen a musician and their fans kind of like take over in that kind of way before. Mm-hmm. Interesting that it's not an American brand that's doing yeah. that, right? Like it is a Korean uh, group and their fans are the ones kind of like driving this change uh, in culture. Mm-hmm politics blends in that it's been very very interesting to watch and i mean for them to infiltrate the way they have right yeah they have i saw an interesting uh perspective about how their rise to fame is like changing because they don't have this like strong masculine look right like their look is very different than what uh boy bands in america have been um Mm -hmm. right and they have very feminine uh, qualities and aesthetics and that like is really creating a new uh, platform and a whole new look and genre for mm-hmm. uh, younger men to kind of look up to and be like hey it's okay if you've got uh, eyeliner on or lip gloss on right like so a lot of those uh let's do it which are a great influence in our society i, I agree 100 percent. you know it's like diversity of culture is not just limited to race like diversity of culture is understanding that, you know, we are made up of a wide variety of cultures from around the world. And like, you know, we think about like mass media, you know, culture of pop culture. It's like, we should be getting influenced. We should be getting um, 
you should be getting like value and understanding of other cultures from around, from around the world. So to see, you know, this, uh, you know, BTS blow up like this, it's, I just think it's awesome. I think it's the coolest thing ever. Next, maybe next episode, me and you are going to be wearing eyeliner and we're going to be like, I might have blue hair or something. Maybe we'll do some, Corey, I, I don't know. Mr. World Travel, what do you think? No. <laughs> <laughs> you say that now, but then three weeks from now, you're going to be like, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> it's killing it. I like oh, your no, boy. though. That's very on brand. No, go ahead, Scott. <laughs> no. I was wondering if you got anything to add. Is there any music that you've been listening to or media that you want to talk about that uh, kind of shifted what you've been looking at this year? Um, well, I think like most people, <laughs> Netflix, I mean, this is the pan, like Netflix is the perfect platform for the pandemic, right? So, um, Netflix. you know, boom, 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 boom. go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Get, hit the hype button for Netflix. Shout out to Netflix. <laughs> Holding it down for 2020. That's true. I mean, you look at the beginning of the pandemic. What was it? Tiger King. Everybody was talking yeah. about. Tiger King. There was if there was anything in this pandemic that was more shocking than the pandemic itself. It was Tiger King. I mean, the, it was just unreal. And it was one of those things where, you know, if you heard about it, you thought it was ridiculous. And then you watched it and you couldn't stop watching it because it was so ridiculous. Um, that being said, I certainly have shifted beyond that during the pandemic. I didn't get stuck there. Uh, and, you know, the thing that I watched most recently was uh, Dance Dreams, Hot Chocolate Nutcracker. And I was just really impressed with uh, the Debbie Allen Dance Academy, just the the whole concept of what she has been able to create and the way she's impacted lives of children for many, many years. And I was impressed with the children themselves. Um, mm -hmm. So the Hot Chocolate Nutcracker is a performance that happens every year. And it's a, a predominantly Black uh, youth uh, performance of the Nutcracker, but it also incorporates hip hop. And it had, uh, at least in the one that was presented in um, the documentary, they, there was Bollywood Incorporated. Um, I think they had K-pop in there too. And it was just, it was amazing to see 200 kids on stage and just the level of uh, determination and commitment and talent and, and community. I mean, I think that was the big thing that I took away was that, you know, these, many of these kids want to go on to become professionals. And in the time that they spend in her academy, they really learn that professionalism and they get to have a space where they're connecting with others who are on that same journey. And then at the end, you got to see that many of the uh, folks who were featured went on to perform or on Broadway or have joined, um, other programs for mm -hmm. um, professional dancers. And I just thought, wow, I, I really like the impact that she's making in the world. It was also very entertaining to watch to, you know, as a, as a documentary, but I think it's what we should all aspire to, to do and to, to be and to, to build. So with that, I, you know, I, I felt like that was a good way to sort of, you know, round out <laughs> my pandemic viewing.
<laughs> well, how nice. about? Oh, go ahead. If you have thoughts on that, Prime. I was going to say, um, like uh, Debbie Allen is an example of like you know being successful in one area and then driving value for other people from her own experiences. And you know, she's a super interesting person. You know, fame early on in her career, and then also being a, a talented dancer and again and doing fame, which is a show she was in or whatever. But like. I didn't even know that this existed. I didn't like talking to you about this now. I didn't know this existed. Now I need to add this to my list and watch it right away. My first question for you is, is this 30 minutes? Is it an hour or is it a series? I need to know what my time commitments will look like, Mr. Welch Travel. Oh, uh, no, it's pretty long. Like it's over an hour. So yeah, you're going to Okay. Be, okay. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm going to watch that tonight though. But it's just, it's just, that's it's super interesting. And, 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 you know, as we talk about media, I just wanted to say like diversity of, um, perspective in which where you get your media from and recommendations from is super important, right? Because I have the same platform as you, but I engage with it completely different than you do probably, right? Mm -hmm. Like I have Netflix, but your list is different from my list, but there's probably so much stuff I could probably learn about from you that I didn't know about that I should be consuming to help push my, you know, value of like uh, of entertainment, but then also culture forward, you know? So this is actually, I, I was going to just say, I think it's a in some ways, like these recommendations and doing it from different voices, it's, it's powerful because I never would have found that. Yeah, no, I, it, it's funny that you said it because if, if, if my mom and sister hadn't been watching it when I walked in the room, I probably wouldn't have found it either because it hasn't come up on my, um, well, the algorithm hasn't suggested it to me. I'll just yeah. say that. <laughs> so, exactly. The computer hasn't so, told me about it yet, but I'm yeah. sure now, when I, even if I don't add it to my list, I bet when I go, up, go upstairs to the TV, it'll be on there as the recommended thing. Because my phone's heard me talk about it so many times. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably true. Now, oh, and I should say, you know, Connor, the one that you watched, I watched that one too, actually, um, the other day. Um, yeah, that movie was interesting. It was very different than what, uh, what was it, what's it called? The one with the His immigrant house. one. His house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His house was, it's very, it's, it. It was very interesting. <laughs> it was now just, I uh, now I have to watch it. I don't have a choice. I have to watch it now. I'm, I'm already scared, but you know, I'll, 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 I'll man up. I'll do it. It's not scary. It's not scary, actually. It's not scary at all. It, it's more thought provoking. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely a perspective of the immigrant story that I feel like doesn't get shown very often. Like it seemed like it was. It was a. Uh, I don't know that it had a perspective that I hadn't really thought about before. Um, mm -hmm. And, and yeah, the, the, it's more like in intense, like uh right. You know, when the like movies get you and you like hold your breath, right. Cause you don't know what's going to happen. Like, yeah, the, yeah. the scary parts aren't necessarily scary, especially as the story unwinds and you kind of learn um, what's in the house. And so, but yeah, it's very thought provoking and just an interesting perspective and, and to kind of combine the two and kind of make the immigrant story coming to um, America and being put in the position that they are um, and reflecting that with a like almost like horror suspense genre was just a very interesting contrast about um, their perspective of what that would be like to move to a foreign country and not have, not have anything. Right. And, um, the, 
the intensity, not only of the journey that they took to get here, right? And the impact that that has, but then also uh, how do you adapt to what's changing in society? And it has this really good pull between the two main characters about like um, conforming to America and another, the other side pulling back and like keeping connected with your roots and the importance of understanding where you come from and honoring mm-hmm. where you come from um, and how that like tugs within the relationship I thought was was really interesting. I thought it was extremely well done movie and the, the narrative of it uh, had my attention the whole time. Awesome. You know what would yeah, be cool? I was, maybe you guys should put together something like, I just thought in my head, maybe it should have been a sidebar thing, but maybe you could put together like a, a December of 2020 suggest, you know, uh, communities of verb suggested media like posts where, you know, like a, some kind of a card that says, check this stuff out that we think is interesting. That'd be pretty cool. We will talk about that after. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah that is a good idea. Well, I was going to say the way I would define that is more like a psychological thriller. I think that's probably the better way to, to look at it, not a horror, because yeah. if it, it's, it was very psychological. That was really the, the thing. And, and as, you, as you correctly described, it was really diving into the relationship and what each character was experiencing separately. But then when they came together and how that sort of created conflict, it was, it, it was very much about their own psychological state and uh, how your, in this particular case, ghost of the, of your past can come back to haunt you and live with you in your new place. So you are trying to escape from those things and start over. And yet those things still live with you. And so I don't want to give away anything else beyond that, but there, there's kind of this twist in the story that I didn't see coming that really sort of shapes like how you understand the characters. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, and you also are on this kind of journey of feeling maybe at points sympathetic and then some at other points, maybe like, Oh, wait a minute. (laughs) I don't necessarily feel bad for you right now. So it's kind of, it's, it was, it was interesting in many ways. I haven't seen a movie like that before. I don't think. I like when movies make you feel really uh, two-sided about characters, right? Like you're, when you're rooting for characters and they put you in a position where it's like, Oh man, like, am I, am I still rooting for this person or am I not? Right. And, and I think it brings out a true human side right? That is really relatable, right? Because all of us have these good and bad decisions and good and bad actions that we've all had in our lives and we've all made bad decisions. Uh, But that's also not a complete reflection on who you are. And I really like when movies make you feel uh, both ways about a character, uh, right? Because it just makes them so much more relatable than than the knight in shining armor, right? That is perfect Mm -hmm. all the time because that's just not relatable. Yeah. So you brought up the, the hot chocolate nutcracker, and I feel like that's probably a good place for us to transition because uh, it's Saturday, and this upcoming Tuesday is what's known as Giving Tuesday. It's probably one of the biggest fundraising days of the year. Um, and so we wanted to give a little segment to this show just to talk about Giving Tuesday um, and some of the organizations that we wanted to give a little shout-out. So, Mr. Well Traveled, how about you start, and uh, who do you want to highlight today for Giving Tuesday. Yeah, so I have two organizations that I've recently learned about. So one, I've already mentioned the Debbie Allen Dance Academy. It's a nonprofit organization. And so um, I really appreciated the mission of the organization and how it helps to uplift uh, young people through dance and the arts. And I, 
And, you know, sometimes it can look a little, I, I think to, uh, to people on the outside, it can look like sometimes that those types of things are very superficial, right? Just dancing or just singing, but really it's about community building and really it's about um, giving children a creative outlet that they otherwise would not have and also allowing them to pursue um, their passion in a professional way and start from a very early age. And they talk about in the Netflix documentary, how hard that is for the children, but then how it sets them up actually for whatever they choose to do in life. Um, because it's like a, a young athlete, right? There's a level of uh, commitment and uh, of time in particular that they have to dedicate to, to that. And you have to be very disciplined and you get hurt. It's not easy. There's a lot of disappointment. And so if you start at such a young age, many of them starting at eight years old and then going into adulthood, they are prepared to be able to do a lot of things outside of that because they've dealt with um, a lot of the uh, challenges that come with uh, trying to be a professional at a very, a very young age. And so I thought, you know, this is the kind of organization um, that I want to be able to support. And so that's, the, that's one that I, I really, really liked. And I think, I hope other people will consider um, the Debbie Allen Dance Academy uh, as their uh, Giving Tuesday nonprofit. But if you're looking for something a bit more academic, there's another uh, organization that was recent, recently launched this year. And it is the Center for Anti-Racist Research at Boston University, founded by Ibram X. Kendi. So you probably have heard the name uh, because uh, he has a very, very popular book uh, that became even more popular this year um, called How to Be an Anti-Racist. And everyone uh, who makes lists like DJ Prime suggested we make has <laughs> said that that's the number one book you should read. And now he has founded this center, um, received some grant money. Um, and I think this type of research is going to be particularly valuable for the future. And the, this organization has a mission of helping to shape and build an anti-racist society. And that is what we should all be leaning into. I don't know of any other, um, research center with this mission and so also for Giving Tuesday if you uh, are looking for a unique organization to donate to I think that's the one excellent DJ Prime you got any Giving Tuesday nonprofits you want to give a little shout out to um, off, the, off the top of my head I do not I, so for, for me Giving Tuesday is something I've been aware of but I haven't been as participatory in, right? I think this is a good year for me to, to, to flip the script on that and to actually participate and to actually kind of go heavy on doing some donations, but then also learning more about like local nonprofits in my area that I can start to, that I can, you know, donate money to, but also maybe there's ways I can participate at value too. Um, so, you know, I think for me, uh, the responsibility is now is to do the research and to, and to go in depth and find some good nonprofits to donate to. But what I will do is I will look into the two that Mr. Well Travel just suggested, and I'll probably look into the ones that you suggest as well, and I'll see if I can find some money in my pocketbook to donate to them to, to see if I can help push the mission forward. Excellent. Well, you bring up a good point. Oh, go ahead, Mr. Well Travel. So I just wanted to um, ask a question, DJ Prime. Uh, do you have employer matching funds that you can access through your employer? Do we lose Prime? I bet you do. I think he's thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do that. Oh. No, I was thinking. Uh, no, um, 
I, I think that I do. Uh, I have donated through our program, our internal, uh, I think it's the giving program in the past. Um, but I have to, have to, have to double check on that. What is, is that something you suggest doing? You think that going through corporate donations for matching is like the move? Yeah, to, because it, it can maximize your funds, you know? Um, so mm-hmm. for every, I, I don't know how they do it at your job, but I know at my job, um, we have up to a certain amount um, and you can basically, you know, double your contribution. Mm. And if you want to double it for a single organization, or if you want to um, increase the amount for multiple organizations, you have the option of being able to do that. And I think that that's a pretty cool thing when you think about, especially the need right now, there's so much need. And for those of us in corporate environments, that's, that's a benefit. To be honest, I didn't take advantage of that last year and I should have. So um, I've been thinking a lot more about it. Thanks to Connor, actually what he and his wife did over the summer where they, uh, used matching funds to donate to the NAACP after doing their own fundraiser. So um, that, that's the only reason I asked that is as you're thinking about what organization you mm-hmm. want to donate to, certainly you can make a direct donation, but the employer matching funds are also really helpful too. That's an awesome, that's an awesome uh, suggestion. I guess, that, you know, for a lot of people that should be part of the playbook that they kind of follow for doing donations and specifically for Giving Tuesday. So I appreciate that and I will look into it. I'm taking a note real quick. I had a, a, a friend on Facebook and she was like, I'm going to match anybody's donations up to $1,500. You just have to take a screenshot of your donation uh, and post it here and I'll match it. And I was, uh, one of the things that sparked like, oh, I need to start thinking about this because I know when I make my donation, whether I'm Monday or Tuesday, I'm going to go back and post it there because uh, increasing the impact is always good. And mm. Jumping on what you said, Prime, about like doing the research and, and some of the activities, uh, Giving Tuesday is always about donations, but I think this year uh, it's more important than ever that like Giving Tuesday shouldn't just be about making a financial contribution to your community in whatever way, but there's like so many other ways to give right now that brings some type of joy or happiness to people. And I was looking on the Giving Tuesday website and they brought, they, they're the ones who kind of brought that to my attention to begin with, right? They said, uh, just posting a message of hope, whether on your social media or writing a letter to somebody, uh, obviously creating a donation, reaching out to the elderly, um, showing some type of gratitude towards essential workers, paying for a stranger's meal in the Starbucks line, um, surprising somebody with a parade or a special message, checking in on the friends or the people that you haven't checked in in a while, uh, using your voice, complimenting random strangers, um, and offering to help in different ways in your neighborhood. Um, and so there's so many different ways to give back to your community that I think it's important. It's like, it doesn't need to be a financial commitment and uh, it doesn't always need to be this Tuesday, right? This is probably something we should be thinking about <laughs> like on a, a daily, weekly, monthly basis for all of us uh-huh. to, um, to our communities. But the two organizations that I wanted to shout out with, uh, first, I'm going to start with the Seattle Parks Foundation. And they are a nonprofit here in Seattle that uh, help advocate and support open uh, green spaces. So that big park where Mohai is in South Lake Union, like they were some of the initiators who started building that big park there on Lake Union. And they started as part of the city and then they broke off from the city and became their own independent nonprofit. And uh, they kind of came on my radar this year because having access to these open spaces in the city has become extremely important this year, right? With having limited access to really do anything or socialize. And I spent so many time 
our so much time this year walking around Seattle and exploring all these different parks because it's the only outdoor space that uh, we have access to. And so I thought mm-hmm. they deserved a little shout out today. And the other one is the Chief Seattle Club. They are a local nonprofit. They, uh, they say they're a human service agency. And I wanted to read specifically what they are. They're dedicated to the physical and spiritual, spiritually supporting American Indian and Alaska Native people. Um, and they have a day center in Pioneer Square where they provide food, primary health care, housing assistance, um, an urban Indian legal clinic, a native art job training program, um, and frequent outings for their members. And uh, in the spirit of Thanksgiving and honoring uh, the original people of America, uh, I thought that they deserve um, some credit and some just a shout out here on the show as well. And they are going to be an organization that I am choosing to give to this year. So I like that. Um, let's make sure when we post this that we put links to those orgs mm-hmm. in there because I think, um, yeah, I mean, it, you've just made me aware of two orgs I hadn't been aware of previously, and I definitely want to check them out. Yeah, and then I'll uh, add on one little tidbit that that's more it's like kind of like selfish that I'm doing, um, but uh, in the month of December, what I've been realizing is. Uh, my, my whole platform is about supporting small businesses and, and promoting all the local businesses. So for the month, pretty much the, I want to say uh, the next 25 posts in the month of December, I'm going to be doing a gift card giveaway to any of the businesses I promote. So uh, I created a $500 budget for the month of December and I pretty much get a takeout meal from a local business every day. I'm going to be buying a $25 gift card from that business um, and then I'm going to post about that business and I'm going to give the gift card away to uh, someone within my Find Me in Seattle community because I feel like that kind of helps everybody. Not only am I spending a little bit more at the local business, I am providing that money to my audience so that they can have a meal on me while also discovering a local business um, and mm-hmm. promote and also selfishly, I think doing all these giveaway kind of, you know, helps my brand as well. So that's the other thing that I'm doing for Giving Tuesday. I'll give a shout out to uh, my wife, Amanda, who was like, you should just do that. You have the budget, like you have the money. Why not, you know, make this. That's awesome. For all these businesses. That's awesome. Um, cool. Well, I think that is probably, I mean, we've been on the show for a little while now and I know Prime's got a baby. He's got to go take care of. <laughs> Uh, and so, yeah. to, to close us out here, do you got any like final thoughts or message or something you want to share with the world? Mm, things that I want to share with the world. I mean, uh, for myself over the past, uh, you know, a couple months, specifically going through the pandemic and having all these changes in my life. Um, I, I mean, I'd like to just share that, you know, you know, the, the concept of community is a verb. It's something you participate in, something you take action in. I think that, you know, I just want to send the message that we all need to take our active role in being the, uh, being like the beacon of light and beacon of hope within our communities, right? You know, it's, uh, it's time for us all to continue to do what we've been doing, to take action, to continue to get to work about, to make the changes that we want to see, not just globally, not just uh, in our state level, but just, you know, in our local level, in our relationships with our families and with our friends. I mean, we need, we, I mean, we need to all make active decisions and make choices to be that beacon of positivity and of hope because you never know uh, who needs to hear that message that you have to say on that day. So like just, go, you know, giving Tuesday, go out of your way to give people that you, that you think deserve a shout out or a compliment. Um, 
go out of your way to give them that shout out because you never know who needs to hear it and when they need to receive that message. So that's something I would say uh, for something that we should all continue to do. I'm going to go out of my way to do that as well. Um, one thing I do want to give a shout out is to um, actually to some of the people I talked about earlier, earlier on the, one of the first questions. So my community of like parents online, folks, I talked to different folks, the, uh, at the dad fluence on uh, IEG. That's my, my homie, Donnie, I met online. Uh, we talk all the time about these random parent things. He also has do a daughter, so it's been interesting. And uh, there's also a guy I talked to out in Toronto. He's, got, uh, he's uh, at the dad homie. Super interesting people. And we talk about these things, just being black fathers all the time. So big shout out to them. Um, shout out to both of you for putting this together and for keeping it going. You know, obviously maintaining a podcast is a lot of work. And I'm, I'm happy to be, uh, to be a guest today because this is the first podcast that I've ever been a guest on. So, you know, you're adding value to my life and you're making history, you know, for me. This is awesome. DJ Prime, where can people find you on the internet if they want to connect with you? Ooh, so you can find me um, on Instagram, which is my preferred platform of choice at the moment. It's at D-E-E-J-A-Y-P-R-Y-M-E. -E -E. So at DJ Prime, uh, you can find me on there. You can learn all about the fun things I'm getting into. You know, with, with family, with, with DJing, with music, and then also with, you know, I like to get my, my grill on recently. Um, but then um, online, I'm also looking to expand some of my footprint and to get into some new things. I'm actually looking for 2021. Uh, you know, I'm hoping to get into the podcast game on, on my own as well. So I'm looking to spin up a podcast of my own. Obviously, you can see I got these little fancy lights over here. So, I, you know, I'm getting some of the things together for that. But uh, I have a show that I'm hoping to put out early in uh, 2021, and I need you, I'm pointing to you, find me in Seattle, and I need you, Mr. Well Travel, both to be guests, either as a duo or as individuals, but you know, we gotta, we gotta keep this momentum going. Count me in. That's awesome. And Mr. Well Travel, how would you like to conclude this episode? Yeah, um, I'll, I'll follow uh, Crime's lead here. Uh, I want to give a shout out, actually, uh, to uh, someone I follow who also follows me on Instagram who sent me a message to say that she listened to our last episode and she had a recommendation for a Thai restaurant in Houston for me. <laughs> because remember, I mentioned that I didn't know where to get Thai, good Thai food in Houston. So I want to give a shout out to Crystal Phillips, who is at black v living uh on instagram and she has given me a recommendation and i want to say thank you for the recommendation but also thank you for taking time out of your holiday uh weekend to listen to us and um then give me this the recommendation after that because you know it there are so many people who are listening or watching us or on you know whatever platform but we don't always hear back from them and so it really is a nice thing to know that someone has taken the time out of their day because this is a pretty long podcast and, and i recognize that um taking the time out of the day to listen and really listen thoughtfully right like and respond because the messages that i get and i know you get messages too I can tell that people have listened, they have thought about what we've said, and then they wanted to make sure that they connected with us. And so, um, so thank you, Crystal, that that is uh, very meaningful to me. And um, it also is motivation, right? As um, Prime was saying about 
just just doing that yeah just just expressing that is very positive and it helps uh us to keep going because as prime also mentioned making a podcast is a lot of work and there are so many out there and i recognize that time and energy are finite resources there's so many things that are happening in our lives, whether it's family or whether it's work or whether it's the social action that we're working on or even, you know, entrepreneurship or personal projects. And so for, for anyone who takes time to listen uh, to our show, I am very grateful and appreciative. Um, and please continue to send the messages. Um, and uh, for those who are so inclined to support us with uh, a like or one of the stars um, or a comment, those are also really meaningful and helpful too, especially um, in the different algorithms of the platforms that we use. They help to um, boost our ranking and more people are able to find us. And so if you have an opportunity to do that, please do. Also, please share with a friend. We'd love to have more folks uh, join community as a verb. And thank you, DJ Prime, for being here as our second guest. That, uh, for me, it, it was something that I was really excited about. I was hope I was I was, thought maybe you might turn us down. Maybe we, this wasn't the kind of platform you wanted to be on. But I'm so glad that you say yes, because it has been a really it's really been awesome to spend time talking to you and um, really just hearing how, you know, the year has been for you and where mm -hmm. you see, you know, things going. I really, I've really enjoyed the conversation. Oh, and I cannot forget as always Tyree, Thank you for being here. You, you guys, if you're if you're watching and listening, you don't see Tyree uh, or hear him, but he is often here at the very beginning of the program, helping us to make sure our sound is um, on point. So thanks, Tyree, wherever you are, I'll, I'll I'll be connecting with you soon. Excellent. Well, I'm Connor. He's Mr. World Traveled. He's DJ Prime. Thank you for joining here. At community is a verb, and we will see you soon. Bye.